You're listening to season two of the Where Did You See God podcast, where my family and I are sharing uh, weekly, if possible, our experience doing the family discipleship training school through YWAM Kona. And this week, we tap into a number of things, including our experience of the week's topic, which was the Father Heart of God. You're listening to episode 31 of the Where Did You See God podcast. Father God, we just thank you that you are God and you are good, and we just thank you for another opportunity to stop, just reflect and process all it is that you are doing. And so we just pray that you would just get our minds and hearts in the right place. We just invite the Holy Spirit in, that if there are things that need to be said, that need to not be said, if there are questions that need to be asked, um, we just want the Holy Spirit to guide this time. And not simply so that we could have a good conversation, but so that you could be glorified. All this prayer was holy and precious name. Amen. So we're in finished up week two of Family DTS, and our kids are still awake. It is 8.34, so you may hear Disney and babbling in the background, and that's okay. Yeah. So we're going to do a slightly different format from last week. And so, Becca, tell us a little bit about this format and why we're doing it. Um, so, Paul and I are going to answer three questions each. Um, the first is, what was a highlight of the week? Um, the second is, what was difficult or challenging from the week? And then the third is, either something that we felt like God was saying to us or maybe something we learned um, from the week. And where did this come from? Where was the inspiration we had this family time in Ohana Court um, on Friday uh, that's a part of the kids' school. And so all the families come together. And one of the things that they have the families do in their family groups is they give them a bag. And there's, um, you know, six different things in the bag. And each thing stands for something you're going to share. So the flower is, you know, sharing something good that happened and the rock is sharing something hard and felt like that was just a, um, confirmation of, yeah, what I thought we could do for the podcast. And for anyone that is listening last week, that's one thing we've come to really appreciate about not just the family DTS, but YWAM in general is that there is, uh, a focus on Family in general, but also the power of family and the power of of God through kids. And uh, yeah, so it's really cool to see how they are pushing families to really embrace functioning as a family. So the first question again is? What was a highlight of the week? The teaching was done by um, Brian and Tara Riley, and they started the family DTS here in Kona in 2013. Um Fun fact, Brian also came to our house a couple weeks before we actually left for Kona because he was dropping his son off at UVA, and they've now moved back to the mainland. So that was really a special week for us. But he talked about the Father heart of God, but also just like who God is. And then Tara also kind of just talked about like integrating, just like building up a really good family culture, and then also some things about like outreach and stuff. So just some real practical stuff. They talked about like their family history. And then we also started a parenting class, which we'll do every week. And the kids started taking, well, Bella started taking dance classes. 
Um, and Timothy will start this week. I think if there's anything else that happened last week, but I think those are the main things. Oh, and the Iron Man. Yeah. Um, that was on Saturday. If you so. don't know, the Iron Man uh, is is a huge event. Uh, it's a triathlon, and in Kona every year is the World Championship, and I mean these athletes uh, cover what is it around 140 miles swimming, biking, and running, and we had the privilege of being able to just walk down the street with the kids and um, give them a chance to see and experience that uh, special and unique event. Um, and also for us to be put to shame because oh my goodness, <laughs> we can't do anything close to what they did. It's crazy. Yeah. It was also the week we found out, um, everybody found out their outreach locations and their outreach team. And it was also like the first week of like, um, really getting into like the routine. So like the first week you're here, a lot of the normal stuff you don't do yet. So like those are our first time doing family time in Ohana Court and um, some other things. So yeah. And two things came to mind. Uh, so one is, uh, as Becca mentioned, that we uh, learned who our outreach team would be, but also our outreach location. And some of you uh, have been following along with us for a while and praying for us and supporting us in a number of ways. And I already knew that for the last several months, we have been discerning uh, the outreach portion, the whole DTS in general, but the outreach portion has been a really interesting experience because uh, we felt like God was pushing us to serve um, in the States for outreach, which wasn't initially an out, uh, option on the table. And there's a much longer story to this that we won't go into now, but it led to a, a space where I just felt a significant lack of peace. And one thing we learned two weeks ago is that one way that God speaks is uh, through peace, but also a lack of peace. And so I had this lack of peace about doing an overseas outreach. And, uh, and I didn't know what that was about. I didn't know if that would fly with the family DTS and uh, with Kona. And so we weren't sure what was going to happen. But then we began to learn through a number of uh, outlets that God was actually up to something bigger than us. So the family DTS here has been realizing they needed to think through what a mainland, uh, and for those who don't know that term, uh, being on Hawaii, anything, all the states that aren't Hawaii are mainland states, what a mainland uh, outreach could look like because there are often families that come that for various reasons might not be able to go to some of the other outreaches. So this actually helped to prompt them to explore pioneering a mainland option. Um, as recently as a week ago, we still weren't sure. Um, if we were the only family that wanted to do the mainland outreach, then it might not fly. But God did a number of things. He spoke through Timothy when <laughs> we did a discernment activity. Uh, he gave us peace in a number of ways. And then we learned that not only will we be doing the mainland outreach, we'll be serving in Richmond, Virginia Beach, and Chico, California, but we'll be joined by two families, uh, two amazing families. Both are from Norway. And so that will be an interesting experience for them, but also for us and our family as we learn each other's culture and we learn each other's language and and all of that. I'm, I'm incredibly excited to see what it is God's up to because I believe there is something big in store for everybody involved beyond just us. So that was my main highlight. The other highlight was uh, we had... Um, what they call an axe group, and it's a cord of three strands. And that's, um, 
mine is me and three other uh, of the husbands. And, and what I appreciate is we used to have something like that years ago in um, the church that we were attending and a community group that we were a part of. And due to a number of reasons, that um, group kind of transitioned out and we found that we no longer had that consistent rhythm of having a space of me getting together with a group of guys, Becca getting together with a group of ladies and being able just to be vulnerable, honest, encourage each other, challenge each other. And so it was really good last week just to be poured into uh, in that space. Yeah, I'd say the X group was a highlight for me too, because it's usually in those spaces that you realize like you're really not the only one going through some tough things that you are going through, even though often we think we are. Um, But I was just thinking back to like some of the sweet times um, that I kind of had alone with our kids. So when Bella did her ballet class, Timothy and I went to go visit the farm here on campus. Bella went to visit it um, that day with her class. But um, yeah, Timothy and I just took a trip with Joshua strapped to me and um, the pigs were insanely stinky. They have a ton of them. It really brings out, um, it gives gives a good... um, example of what the prodigal son would have smelled like mm-hmm. when he came home which we also heard that story last we week did. so it was a nice um, visual tell them what the lived with the pigs oh there's some cats that live with the pigs although kittens. we didn't really see a lot yeah kittens pig kittens um there's like so many pigs um yeah. there so anyway and then um i both i got to take a walk with both my kids individually um down to um, the little village that's close by and just go to the store with them. The other thing we did for the first time this week is we had outreach time. So on Wednesday afternoons, you get into your outreach groups, which weren't established yet because we didn't know who was going on outreach with us yet. But um, we just did our family, we just did family groups and the kids are with you. And there'll be like a rotation of like three different things we do during that outreach time. But this, um, this week we did what they call a treasure hunt. And what was really cool is Timothy had done the same exercise in his class the day before. And essentially what you do is like you ask God for pictures or words um, and like direction about where to go and, and who to look out for to like pray for. And, you know, the first time they do it, they have you do it on campus because most people on campus are going to say yes when you ask to pray for them and they're you know believers already and so it's a lot about encouraging but it was just such a great opportunity to really let our kids especially Timothy because he had done it lead us through it and actually the day before when his class was doing their treasure hunt they were looking for a girl with a pink and blue dress which happened to be me and so they stopped me and they prayed for me and um which was also really sweet and special um so, yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny, you know, I mentioned that it's it's like 8:30 here and we have packed days and I swept for like 2 hours today during my work duties and swept, so not swept, slept. Swept. Oh, no, different. I did not sleep. I wanted to sleep. <laughs> so, so we're pretty tired and so my brain is running a little sore, which you can probably hear in my voice, but everything kind of blurs together, so I totally forgot about that moment. What's what I think is amazing is Bella um was actually <laughs> the one who heard something that led to something really cool, which was she saw a, a few colors and there was a rainbow and it was black. And there were some other things like $18 and we don't know what that's all about yet. But we were looking for, she had set a dress initially. So we were looking for somebody in a rainbow dress. And so we found some people that had something close. 
Um, but then as we were finishing up, Becca saw this guy who was wearing a black shirt with a rainbow on it. She's like, I think that's the guy. Uh, but when we went to go and pray for him, he was clearly in a meeting and we didn't know what to do. And so we're like, well, let's just pray as a family. And the funny thing is, is I told Becca, I had actually seen this guy several times before during my work duties. And so I was like, let's pray. And then if I see him, I can say something. Well, I go to my work duties that afternoon, ready to look for him and don't see him. And then I get to sweeping and mopping. And I think I was cleaning out light sockets or something. And by the time I get to the end of the two hours, I've totally forgotten. I'm, I'm heading home. I'm ready to like crash on the sofa for about five minutes before we get up to go to dinner. But on my way up the steps to leave the place where I work, uh, he's coming down the steps and I'm like, oh man. So I stop him and probably awkwardly say, hey, my family prayed for you. And he just kind of looked at me for a second. And he's like, oh man, that's a blessing. Hold on, let me sit down. I want to receive this. And so I share the story and then I ask him how he can pray. And he shares um, that there was something that he had been wanting to purchase and he had had the money for it. And then God told him to give the money away. And so he no longer had the money, but he felt like this was something God wanted to do, but he wasn't sure how he was going to get the money. And so there was a few things that had already been on my mind, actually a story about a pastor who had uh, prayed for the same thing before and didn't have money. And his father had said, go ahead and pray and God will provide. And so we sat together and we prayed. And I'm like, all right, anytime I see him, I'm going to ask how it goes. And and he was just incredibly excited, incredibly encouraged. We saw him uh, a couple of days later because he was helping um, with a group that was leading worship for us in our class. And he came over and he gave me a hug, gave Becca a hug, talked about how grateful he was. And and so it was just really cool that that experience, which in, in really encouraged this guy, came because Bella had asked God to show her who he needed to talk to. And those are the colors that came in her mind that led to that interaction. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like it would be better to end on the, what did you learn question rather than what was challenging? So <laughs> if we do one over the other, we well, let's do challenging, but we don't have to go into detail for okay, it. Okay. Okay. Let's good. They'll just okay. do a short challenging. So what was challenging or hard this week? Well, I started last time. So. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So last week was, um, a hard week. And I, <laughs> uh, when Paul posted, something to that I don't on Facebook and worried a few people. I, I don't <laughs> like, I guess don't be worried. Like one it's or two like people. very, um, normal, um, at this point in the DTS after like the honeymoon week is over to kind of feel this, like, um, this dip. And I think this is also the time when like God starts to kind of do some like surgery of the heart too, especially when the topic is like the father heart of God. And I think there's just you know, stuff that God wants to pull out in our hearts. And so there was a lot of stuff that was kind of hard. The kids had some, even though they had some great moments, they had some really hard moments. I think, you know, our marriage was, um, not at its most shining moment last week to say the least. And I just was like, in a yeah, I was just not in a great place, uh, emotionally, I think either. Um, so Mm -hmm. some vague vagueness, but yeah. Yeah. So I'll, yeah, I'll echo all that. It was hard. I was being hit from multiple angles, uh, definitely on the marriage front, definitely on still dealing with things 5,000 miles away, including toilets breaking and uh, houses not selling and just lots of decisions that need to be made. And 
and and the thing is, is they reminded us the the leaders of the DTS that this is really normal. In fact, second week is when a lot of people get hit. But as Becca mentioned, um, when you're trying to seek God, uh, the enemy hits, and that's basically how my post started. Is when you try to seek God, the enemy hits hard. And the thing that we're encouraged by is that um, this isn't new. Like many people have gone before us, have hit hard things, have struggled even in their marriage as they were trying to grow in their marriage. And and we have to remind ourselves that we are only in week two of a mm-hmm. five month journey. Um, and so, yeah. So I've just been sitting with the, you know the passage about Peter walking on water, and something I was thinking about today is what it looks like what it looked like for Peter, like was was the water calm under his feet or were the waves not just crashing around him, but crashing under and on him? Um, Because that's sometimes how I feel is I'm, I'm trying to walk towards God, but it feels like the waves are still hitting against me. It feels like it's still rolling up and down under me. And, and that's gotta be disorienting. That's gotta be difficult. That's gotta be, um, (laughs) it's gotta sometimes knock you off your feet a little bit. And so, yeah, it was it was a hard, hard week, um, but we are persevering. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, moving on to question number three. Um, what was something that you felt like God spoke to you or learned this past week? Yeah. So one of the first things Brian said when he started the week is he actually had us do a few things to get our hearts and minds focused on God, which was really cool. We actually spent an hour uh, doing that in a circle as a group. But then one thing he shared was, uh, he said, most of the time we're so busy and distracted that we don't know there is a battle going on against our souls. And and I just appreciated uh, that that sentiment carried on throughout. Um, it's really easy for us to focus on all the things we need to do or all the things we think we know or all the things we think we don't know and and forget that there's spiritual warfare happening. Um, that that one singular problem that we're focusing and that we're trying to fix may be actually distracting us from the bigger thing that's happening. And I think all the stuff that happened last week was actually intended to distract me from the focus of that week, week which was Father Heart of God. And, and this is something I'm still processing, so I don't have anything nice and packaged. But something that came out Two weeks ago when we were doing um, a practice time of words of knowledge uh, and came out in a prayer at the beginning of last week when we were with a couple from New Zealand and and some things that they prayed, and then something else that came out at some other point, um, this idea of of being childlike with God and and specifically that has been directed towards me in all three of those places that I just mentioned that people feel like God's saying that he wants to invite me into a childlike faith, um, to engage with him as a father and myself as a child. And, you know, there's the, there's a number of images that have been put out there. One of what it looks like for a child to hold their arms up to their father and the father to pick them up. Um, you know, the idea that a child doesn't have to be strong enough to carry their burdens because their father will help them carry it. There's just a number of things that are making me think that God may want to speak to me around what it means for him to be my father, what it means for me to be a child um, and not all grown. And I think that this is something that is hard for me to grasp because 
um, you know, with my father dying when I was five, my understanding of what a father is, is, uh, been different than it might've been otherwise. Um, you know, my relationship with my stepfather for a long time was difficult because I wouldn't accept him as my father. Um, and so I feel like that's something you all can pray about. I feel like that's something that I am going to have to process is what does it really mean to know God as my father? And what does it really look like for me to be willing to humble myself to a point of being his child? That's good. Um, so one of the things that Brian said is the most important thing about you is what you believe about God. And he said it within the context of when you're reading scripture and Jesus says something or God says something. And it's like, what tone do you read into it? And often we will read into the tone that maybe our parents or our father um, might have said that to us. And um, one, I mean, it did open my eyes to the fact that I think when I read scripture, I don't read it with within the context of like a really loving father, um, which is maybe why I sometimes don't want to read it so much. Um, but then also just in general, like just thinking about like, what do I really think about God? And I remember a couple days later we were doing corporate intercession time in, um, what they call Ohana court with like, you know, everybody, almost everybody on campus. And I just was, this happened quite a few times last week, just like not, in the same place that everybody else seemed to be in. Like, I was just kind of like, I'm just not really feeling this. I don't really want to be here. I'm sure no one has ever felt that way ever. It's just me. Um, but I, I remember thinking like, I can be safe in the Lord to just like suck right now. Like, <laughs> cause I think sometimes I'm like, I shouldn't be feeling like this. I need to feel, you know, better. And I think the reason why I think that is because I need a be something for the Lord or I need to perform and like, you know, I can just be honest about where I'm at. And certainly I, you know, I don't want to like stay in that place. It's not like super pleasant, but, um, I also don't need to like feel so anxious, um, or worried about just being real. So yeah, that's kind of, that's one of the things that I feel like I gleaned from last week among many other things. Yeah. So the next time we record, we'll, we don't know what it'll look like because this week is actually the storytelling week and we're actually hearing stories of every one of the staff and every one of uh, the, our classmates and we'll be sharing our own stories Wednesday yeah. and Friday. And uh, so we're not sure what we'll share, but uh, some things that you can be praying as uh, you, know, you listen to this and as you move forward. One, we mentioned... Uh, that, you know, as we seek God more and more, uh, it seems like the enemy wants to knock us off track more and more. And so you can pray specifically around the areas of marriage and also pray for our kids because they're seeking God too and they're getting hit with some stuff too. At the same time though, they're, they're growing in some amazing ways and we can see how God has created them to be amazing children. And you can also pray for provision. Uh, we have some big, big expenses ahead and we are continuing to trust God. He has told us not to fear the financial. Um, but with the house not selling, that puts us in a place where we don't have a nice, easy answer. Uh, and so be praying that God would 
just be glorified in how he chooses to provide because we believe that he already knows what it is he's going to do. We just have to remember to trust him. For some of you listening, thinking about God as a father might be a difficult thing. I know for me, because of my experience losing my father and then my experience struggling with accepting my stepfather as a father, it's always been confusing knowing exactly what it means when God says he is my father. Some of you listening might be in the same place. You might have had a difficult experience with your father. Your father may have left, may have been incarcerated, may have been killed. And now you're being told that God is your father and you don't know what to make of that. Sometimes we have reactions to that without even realizing it. The truth is, is that regardless of our experience with fatherhood, fatherhood was designed for a very specific purpose. And so I'd encourage you to take some time thinking, what would fatherhood in its best form look like? How would fatherhood in its best form make you feel? How would you as a child respond to a good, good father? And then I encourage you to take a look at scripture because there are so many passages that talk about God being a good father. Here's what I believe for me and I think it could apply for you. I think God wants me to grow in understanding him as my father. I think he wants me to grow in understanding and trusting him as a good, good father that he doesn't want to harm me, that he wants me to grow, that he wants good things for me, that he wants to give gifts. And as I grow and not just knowing that, but believing and trusting that, I think my relationship with God will shift. I've seen the same thing with the relationship with my stepfather, who when I was younger, I, I just would not believe that he was my father. But now I can look back and see how he took on a tremendous burden um, when my brothers and I joined his family and that he has been a good father even in the moments where I didn't see it and didn't believe it. And our relationship is much, much stronger than it was when I was younger. In the same way, God wants us to know that the more we get to know who he really is and what he has really done and what he is doing in our lives, the closer we will get to him, the deeper we will understand his heart as a father. God loves you. He is a good, good father. That's who he is. And he wants to show that in your life today. So look for it and ask yourself, where did you see God? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Where Did You See God podcast. And I would love for your stories to be a part of it as well. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can check out our Facebook page at Where Did You See God podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash Where Did You See God, or you can leave a brief voice message at 804-372-3836. I would love to hear your stories. And if the stories you've heard have encouraged you, uh, think of someone else who could be encouraged as well and share it with them. The music you've been listening to is You'll Walk, You'll Run by Urban Doxology. They are a solid group, and you will love listening to the rest of the music, so check them out. And as always, as you go through your day, ask yourself, where did you see God?